Well, Susan, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. So, you know, I have my own personal story about Ericsson, but I want to you know, learn more about the company. Uh, you know, your role here, you're, you lead all the marketing for Ericsson, correct? I do. Okay. So my story, as I told you, is I grew up in Grants Pass and every day I would actually go to school in Medford, I would pass by Ericsson's operation. So I would see the big, uh, you know, helicopters there and just get really excited. I was a little kid going by. So um, you know, it's a big part of the Southern Oregon kind of uh, community down there. It's a great company. So I wanted to kick off just learn a little more about Ericsson and the operations of Southern Oregon, but all the kind of the executive offices are up here. So um, how long have you have you been here? I've been here a little over three years now. And Ericsson has been around for 47 years oh, wow. and was founded down in your neck of the woods um, in Southern Oregon. And it is a bit of a religion, really, not only just in Southern Oregon, but really around the world. We have the really big, iconic air cranes called the S-64s, and they really just um, overshadow all other helicopters out there. Just in terms of scale, they are so big. and In fact, they're tough to photograph with other helicopters Mm -hmm. because they're so massive. And you can hear those things coming about 10 miles out, and it's just this thundering heartbeat. Yeah. So, um, and because of all the good um, those helicopters are able to do around the world, there's good reason for why there's so many followers. Mm-hmm. And so, did you start out in marketing here? I mean, you, so you, we'll, we'll back up a little bit. So, you, we were talking before this, you grew up in Portland. I grew up in Portland, yeah. local girl. Mm-hmm. And you, I was looking kind of your, your resume, and you've worked with these great, you know, Portland companies, institutions. So, was your what was your first kind of marketing role? My first marketing role was uh, with the state of Oregon, and it was a dual road role. One was um, creating the media relations program for the state of Oregon, okay. which was a big job, yeah. so a lot of global travel. And we were trying to put a place called Oregon yeah. on the map, yeah. get everyone to pronounce it correctly. And um, I was back to the New York market. I mean, markets really around the world, but on a regular basis and trying to explain to the New York Times or Travel and Leisure Magazine why Oregon would be a great place to write about. And back then, they were saying, you know, you seem like a very nice, fresh-faced girl. (laughs) However, what in the world would you ever have out there in Oregon that my writers would be, or my readers would be interested in? I mean, there's just nothing really west of the Rockies. So I would ply them with our, our Bosque pears from the Hood River Valley. I would send them our fine wines from the Willamette Valley. Bribery always works. Totally, <laughs> totally. I, I mean, I threw everything I could at them and started inviting those journalists out to Oregon. And um, I, on average, hosted about 50 journalists a year. Wow. So we had about one per week. And took them all around the state. I put a ton of miles on a state van, and they started discovering this place. Mm-hmm. My second role, I was really, really fortunate, was um, an event called Cycle Oregon, and I ended up being a co-founder of it and the initial executive ride director. So that was something our state tourism director at the time, Debbie Kennedy, um, had read a story. Jonathan Nicholas at the Oregonian um, had written about an innkeeper out of Ashland, Oregon, mm-hmm. Jim Beaver, who said, you know, Iowa has a, this great bike ride. We should be doing that here. And I was just fresh out of college. Um, I 
graduated from college, went to nationals for tennis, came back. So I, I was an athlete, wow. and so I didn't know a whole lot about cycling events. But um, suddenly was right there um, pulling together, creating a brand um, for an unknown event. Mm-hmm. And um, and really, it was a great education in logistics planning as well. But here I was, 23, and I'm work- working with Wyden and Kennedy yeah. on designing yeah. a-, a brand for a new event like that. And, um, of course, you know, now it's one of the top rides in the world. It yeah. was actually by year three. I wow. mean, it just took off so quickly. So I've been really, really fortunate that I got an incredible education right out the door after college. Yeah. Are you still involved in Cycle Organ then? Or? I'm not. I was involved for 15 years. Yeah. So I was the executive director for the first three years, and then I was the vice president of marketing for the next 12 years. Oh, as a volunteer. Okay. And um and by then I'd kind of done it, mm-hmm. you know, for 15 years and um it's always going to be a legacy I feel of mine. I'm very proud of it. It's now hitting its 30th anniversary. Um I actually recently just did an interview um with a radio station down out of Southern Oregon and um Jim Beaver um who's still down there and so it's it's kind of funny how you know your life history and work you know kind of yeah. catches up to you so i'm enormously proud of it and and again so grateful for the opportunity yeah that's great and so i know you worked for the port of portland for a while and also greater portland inc yeah. um so did you have kind of similar roles uh with them or i mean it's different they're kind of quasi-government right but um that seems pretty interesting to work for organizations like that it really does the port has such an enormous footprint in this community and i really appreciate that sense of responsibility they have um i was there for 10 years as their director of corporate marketing and I was there during 9-11 mm-hmm. and post 9-11. And so I think in marketing, really understanding kind of the human condition yeah. and where people are at kind of in terms of headspace. And 9-11 was really profound for everyone out there who was serving up coffee and trying to really calm people down. We didn't have a whole lot of information. I mean, this is all pre-TSA yeah. and all the build-out. We really didn't know what was going to happen just in terms of our customers being able to move around when flights would get going again, let alone the build-out and all the restrictions then that were put upon airport authorities following that. So, you know, we've staged different events and um, different programs to candidly get the traveling public focused again on why we travel. And it's about those connections and it's for family ties and cultural ties and learning about people that are unlike ourselves and exploring new places rather than you can only carry you know, three ounces yeah. or fewer and nothing sharp and no, 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 can't, can't, can't. It was, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a wonder, sense of wonder of what the aviation world opens up for us and to remember that. What a challenge. It was. Uh, you it know, was. I was just, for some reason, I was reading something earlier today about September 11th and you remember that time, that mm-hmm. six months afterwards, where especially travel was, it was a, a tough thing. So being in the world where you're trying to promote that, I'm sure, um, you know, it's probably interesting. It, it was. Yeah. Just walking through concourses with no people down yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. It was very eerie yeah. and a very unsettled time for everyone. Mm-hmm. But just when you're trying to reassure people, but you didn't have a whole lot of information to go on, that was difficult too. Fortunately, the port has a really remarkable team that way that I think has a really 
um, high level of awareness about just people and there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress around the air travel experience anyway. So I think that's why it's consistently ranked one of the top airports, if not the top airport for business travelers anyway, for many years running. Um, They really um, hold that in high regard and don't take it for granted. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, I'm sure you travel a lot for business. I, my former life I used to, and just I would go to the Portland airport, you know, two hours early just to kind of hang out. How weird does that sound? <laughs> but it is kind of, it's a nice place to just go pop up your laptop and, and work. And it's one of my favorite airports, but I'm biased. So. That's, that's great to hear. I yeah. think airports are really inspiring places for creativity mm-hmm. and to people watch. Mm-hmm. And, and there is that little sense of um, wonder of, you know, where that, where's that plane going? Yeah. You know, I've never seen that aircraft or where are those people heading? Yeah. And so I've, I've done some interviews with some of our notables here. Um, Art Alexakis with um, Everclear. I went <laughs> got to do a spot with him post 9-11 and he was like i just remember going out to lax with my dad and we just watched the planes take off yeah. and land and think hmm, i wonder where they're going yeah and my dad and i did that uh, when i was a kid out at pdx and off of delta park and i think there's still that element for all of us there mm-hmm. so that kind of aviation uh you know, it's trans translated into this your job now. Um, we were talking before this too that you're a student pilot, and I so am. so um, working someplace that you you know have maybe a hobby of or a passion for that does in the aviation industry. How how does that how important is that for you? Just every day to come into a place and be excited about you know what you do. I think it's really important for everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would um, recommend that anybody follow their passion. And every morning when you wake up, you want to say, what I'm doing is important and means something to me, and I love it. And, um, yes, my husband and I both um, are really immersed in the aviation world. It's what we do for a hobby. We Mm -hmm. do have a a little single-engine four-seater that we travel around the region in. And um, I just think you see the world from yeah. a different perspective. And for here at Ericsson, um, I love our mission. I mean, that's truly what I'm in love with um, each and every day. We're doing really important work across six different continents and um, improving people's lives. Yeah. So another thing that's kind of kind of been a theme while we're doing these interviews is love to talk about you know Portland and how it's changed. And for someone like you who's been here your whole life, you've seen a lot of change. And specifically, you know, the business community and what's kind of going on here and how it's growing. So, you know, what are your thoughts on where we are now? I mean, is it the pros and cons of great companies moving here and talent moving here? How has it affected Ericsson? Uh, And then, you know, where do you think it's going? I have to keep in mind who's going to hear this and get back to me. Um, Well, Portland is my hometown, and um, I like to think that um, I've made a really – conscious choice to stay here. I mean, having been born and raised here, having been able to travel the world, my husband's lived all around the world and said there's no better place. And um, so I really tried to make sure that I had, you know, just a, a really good um, kind of work opportunity here while being able to continue to travel. Um, for Portland itself, 
it's grown up a lot. And I think as anyone would say, um, there are a lot of really positives attributed to that. And I think most of that is that I do think we're a more global city. It was a very provincial, very white bread place to grow up. There's just no doubt about it. Um, And yes, you could get any place around town in 15 minutes. And so... Um, the downside is I worry about how much we've loved this place to death. Yeah. And so just looking at the hiking trails up in the gorge and um, the congestion we're experiencing on our roadways, um, the homeless issue that we have here today, um, that concerns me. And Portlanders are known for being really thoughtful planners when it comes to land use, when it comes to transportation and I really think that we've fallen behind a little bit in just that practical planning. Um, I don't think we anticipated the growth that we mm-hmm. have experienced, um, particularly in the past decade. Yeah, so we're playing a little bit of a catch-up. We are. Yeah, and um, how, you know, talent-wise, we have these, I think, one of the interviews I did was reading, you know, 100 people are moving here every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as someone as an executive, you, you look for talent, you're hiring people. These people are moving up from different parts of the country. Is that a net you know, positive for you or how is that affecting um, just your, your team? Oh, gosh. Um, yes and no, because we are looking for pretty specific experience around certifications, particularly for our crew members and pilots. Yeah. We're looking for the best of the best around the world. And many of our pilots have 20,000 plus airs, uh, uh, hours flying. So it's not something where yeah. you know just Portlanders moving here. Pilots typically are being recruited from all around the world, yeah. so it's a it's very different that way. Um, but it might have helped just, recruit people because Portland's have that better brand. Absolutely, right? yeah. absolutely. So yeah. I would say, particularly for our sales team, the front end of the business, um, they're coming here. You bet. We get those applications um, from across the country, in particular, and we've had quite a few move here from mm-hmm. the East Coast that just love it. Yeah. You know, their, or their spouses and families are saying, "Yeah, get us to Portland." Yeah. You know, yeah. we really want to be there. Um, and the visitors that come out here, even people that are interviewing. And they could be here on one of those really dark, cold, um, gray days and still saying, it's so beautiful, but look at the reflection off the river. And this is amazing. Yeah. Do you guys realize, you know, what you have here? So I think all Portlanders are more and more aware of that. And now it's making sure that we all live up to that responsibility of taking care of this beautiful place that we call home. Yeah. Well, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. So, you know, you recently uh, came to an event, I, uh, an event and I helped host the PDX Marketing Forum. And one thing I know about you, you're very connected. And um, everybody, when I mention your name, is like, oh, Susan's great. She knows so many people. And I think that importance of building up your network is really, you know, really key. So I want to talk a little about that. How how do you get outside of your walls? Uh, you know, it's, it's so easy to get your day-to-day, you know, in your job, but it's important to get out. So what are the, some the things you do others you know than going to events um to kind of keep refreshed and meeting new people and you know portland seems like a town that's pretty open to that everybody is pretty um uh you know willing to help and connect you but uh what are some of the things you do and how do you feel about that just being an important part of being an executive you know it's interesting i've been asked this question quite a bit just in the past week and I am wired to be a connector. Uh-huh. And so I was, I was thinking about it because I just had my 30th college reunion uh-huh. and so many people there were saying, you're, you're staying so connected with people. How is <laughs> yeah. that? And 
I think for me, it's because I'm just inherently curious. Yeah. And I am more curious about other people than I am in my own life. So I, I'm really not a great extrovert. I'm not a great speaker. And I hope you edit this happily. <laughs> so it works out okay. Um, I'm not really gifted that way, but I do really want to learn about other people, what makes them tick. And so for instance, I met this one gentleman last Friday night, and I'd never seen him before, and it's one of the gatherings at my reunion. Turns out he's married to a gal I went to school with 30 years ago, didn't know her real well. Well, he is incredibly well-placed in South Africa, which is exactly where Ericsson is is hope, yeah. looking to go to uh. for new markets. And we got talking about all these connections that we had. And... You know, you just never know. Yeah. But he was very eloquent. He's a cardiologist um, by training and has the, these connections with Nelson Mandela and, and others. And he's like, I would love to help you. And I was like, what? How can you help me? And he's like, well, this is what you do. This is what I do. Wow. So you never know. But it was just um, being curious about others, I guess. As far as getting out, um, you know, I think like everybody, you just have to weigh the benefits yeah. and um, and for time. But I do try to do an informational interview um, with a student or someone coming in at least two a, a month. I think it's important wow. for me yeah. to help um, mentor others. I'm currently mentoring three young professional women and and then just for events um, as much as I can and and like I said I'm just naturally curious and I think that in terms of my creativity is better when I'm out and about and for me I, I'm a hiker I love hiking I love long walks on the beach and where I can just be quiet and kind of get into my own headspace and that's really where I come up with um, some of my best ideas yeah and it's it's so important and you know you mentioned your mentoring uh, you know, folks, and that's another little bit of a theme of this is, you know, taking the time to develop employees and, and outside. So, um, what does Ericsson, you know, what kind of programs do you guys have for your employees to kind of professionally develop them? It sounds like your team, at least you encourage people to go do inter informational interviews and, and get out there and meet. So, um, that's so important, but just wondering what your guys' approach to it is. It is. And I really believe that although people are busy, you can't afford not to get out and make the time for that. So mm -hmm. I, I hear that pushback a lot. And even as I'm mentoring some of these young, um, new executives to yeah. say, you, you will save yourself time. Um, I, I, for Erickson here, we don't have kind of one um, stream of professional development. It's really up to the individual directors. And for me, I'm a big fan of Wild Alchemy and Lynette Zanders mm -hmm. and her series. I think I've attended personally six of them. That's great. And um, I've had her come in um, to work with groups. I had her come into the Port of Portland. Um, she just worked with me pro bono on a Providence um, event and brand um, that I volunteer for. Um, Tom Walters, who is a founder of Caraggio Group, he's often been a speaker, and I get some really good insights from him. He's a cultural anthropologist. Mm. So getting into what really makes people think and tick um, and feel um, is something I've really learned from him. Mm. And so those are, are two great um, examples. The TED Talks, absolutely. When I'm on flights, I'm watching TED yeah. Talks. Uh, so... Again, I think it's that curiosity. I'm, 
I know I'm never the smartest person in the room, and I'm okay with that. But I'm constantly trying to learn best practices and how I can improve. And it's very important for me to be a good manager and mentor. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly trying to figure out you know, how to develop these folks and give them some of the great opportunities I've been given. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, another question I'd like to ask is <clears throat> balance, right? You were just telling me you have a daughter going off to college and um, everybody's so busy and it just seems like our culture now, it's always on. So what's your kind of approach to that as far as, you know, balancing work and family and uh, is there such a thing or... I, I think that there can be. I think there's give and take, and sometimes that balance is 70-30, one way or the other. Um, in mentoring some of these um, young professionals, and many of them are new parents, um, I talk about, I think the number one thing that's most important is is really create a great ecosystem around you. And by that, I mean the families that your kids are spending time with, um, your neighbors, I mean, who you're able to lean on. Um, and I'm typically the coordinator and organizer. So if it's for carpools, if it's for neighborhood um, get-togethers, even for emergency response planning, because I really feel like I'm one of the ones that benefits the most. And so I I just like knowing that I have kind of that bench that's <laughs> there that I can call on, and they can certainly always call on me yeah. as well. So for balance, that, that organization is really helpful. I get there. Um, and it seems so simple and it's, it's not, but I make time for it. Sundays, we kind of plan out meals for the week. My kids have always had to make their own lunches, but Mm -hmm. they've gone shopping or written down the shopping list of what they wanted (laughs) on Sunday. And, um, and then I do schedule, schedule, schedule. And, you know, 90% of it is scheduling and showing up, right? Yeah. So, it's one of those things where those that know me well know if nothing, I'm not organized. And so I have, I have schedules, I have vacation plans, you know, pretty much in my head for the next five years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but then I know I'm going to get to where yeah. I want to go because otherwise opportunities just pop up. Mm-hmm. And when I found I was grabbing them and going, oh, but you, you know, you lose something. And there's that opportunity cost. So now I'm, I think, much more thoughtful and disciplined around it. And um, so I make sure I'm going to get in all my bucket list yeah. items. Yeah, it just, it just it seems like it's the theme, just making the time yeah. for the important but, stuff. But plan, plan yeah. for it, too. So you, you need to just be able to be spontaneous and for some of those things. But, you know, even on vacations, I usually have something planned every other day. Mm-hmm. And on the opposing days, it's just open. Mm -hmm. So the kids know that. And it's like, we're doing this hike. We're going horseback riding. We're going to go swimming with the stingrays on these days. The other days, you can sleep all day if you want. That's great. So, well, I mean, it was great to learn about your kind of path as, you know, not only a marketer, but executive. And I always love hearing from people who have been in Portland, you know, their whole lives and just to see how it's it's changed. This is an exciting time to be here. So um, it's our brand. The city is... um, probably you know it's just uh, really attractive to a lot of people mm-hmm. so we're, we're curious to see where it goes as a, a business community so thanks so much for being on the podcast thank you very much dan i appreciate it